0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast where every two weeks we come together and discuss an anime like we are at Book Club, and then we turn our discussion over to you. And this is one of four special episodes that we do, uh, starting around the holiday time and going into the new year. First, we watch a movie. We already did that. That was our last episode. And then, uh, the co-host pick a retro rules-free anime, something that they always wish we had taken the time to discuss, and so we watched those two anime. And now, for the first time ever, we're having an audience choice anime, which will be coming up in the next two episodes. And we'll discuss more of that later when we're announcing the next episode. But let's get to our co-host before we talk about Samurai Shampoo. First off, we have the cowboy to my bebop. It's Jeremy with his Hot take. So hot, you're going to need some Tums. Hit him, Jeremy. Yeah. Hot take. I
1: hate you, Um, (laughs) Jeremy.
0: I don't think we have
2: enough uh, 3D animation in the anime. I don't know why we're doing it, but we're getting away from the 3D animation. And I think it really contributed something that, you know, I, I feel the loss. Do
0: you mean CGI 3D? Yeah. Like Ajin or... Yeah, like Ajin and Land of the Lustrous and, yeah. you know. Hey, Beastars Season 3, they're working on it, man. I'm ready.
2: Oh, yeah? Well, there you we go.
0: And then we also have... He's a dandy guy in space. <laughs> it's Jason. <laughs> I love it. <sighs>
1: You um,
3: <laughs> Goblin Slayer season 2
2: is mid. Ooh. Hot takes. Now, does that, is that like if we were to look at it on my anime list, would it be a 6?
3: Uh, it's probably rated higher just because of the following it has, but I would rate it like a 5.56. It's it, it's okay.
0: All right. And my name is Troy. And my hot take... I'm going the Jeremy route. Going for more bigger t- general topics. Which isn't really helpful for what we do this for. But screw it. <laughs> I, I think the term anime being focused only on Japanese animation is a disservice to... Both are medium and and everything. I I think it's definitely a style, a vibe, but I don't think it should matter where it comes from. I don't care if it's Avatar. I don't care if it's um, Oh uh, Blue Eyed Samurai. It's anime if it has the anime vibe to me. I don't care what country it came from. Even though Japan does it the best, and you know they're the the OG. I think it's okay to let it branch out and let anime mean more. And expand all all of our horizons. Do I hear an egg cooking? That was hot. (laughs) No, actually, actually I do have an egg cooking. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, okay. My bad. (laughs) It's dinner time over there and we have (laughs) breakfast for dinner.
2: (laughs) So now I know Uh that there's like Korean anime. So I wonder if it's just like Asian animation is considered anime. And, like, if you're Western, the, it's not anime. <laughs> it,
0: this is a topic that people debate about, but there are a lot of purists who are like, anime has to come from Japan. Because, it, I mean, the original term was Japanimation, and they got shortened to anime. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying now, we should widen that.
2: Yeah. Just, if it's a cartoon, it can yeah. be anime. I think there's a specific style. <laughs> that...
0: Right, yeah. I think that's got to full
3: mouth.
1: <laughs> like, like <it> <laughs>
3: Like, for instance, if the uh, Samurai shampoo was developed and made in the U.S., but had yeah. all the hallmarks of coming from Japan, I think I would still call it anime.
0: Arcane's a good one. Everyone loved, you know, the series Arcane. It was widely loved. It definitely took a lot of inspiration from Japanese anime. It, it brought that vibe into itself. I have no problem considering it an anime. Just I would. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what? This isn't a minisode. We're moving on. <laughs> These aren't supposed to be quick hot takes. Hot takes! <laughs> Alright, we are here to discuss Samurai Champloo. This is, again, the first of the retro rules-free picks that we do. It was Jason's pick. I'm going to let him give his non-spoiler review to let you know if you haven't seen it, this really old anime... <laughs> if you should at this point jason what do you think of samurai shampoo to answer that question right now uh i think yes
3: this really stands uh, the test of time it, as far as like something interesting to watch that will make you laugh and also is engaging i'm also finding through this experience that and also through all of our other animes i really seem to enjoy non-linear storytelling <laughs> Like, you know, it's just like episode per episode has different topics. I, I'm not sure. Like, I say I don't particularly like that, but I seem to enjoy anime that ends up happening that way. So um, I
2: have some soul searching to do. Uh, yeah. and, you um, like episodic anime. You really do. <laughs> right.
3: Uh, I have a uh, nostalgia bias when it comes to this anime. So it's hard for me to be fair in some of my criticisms because there is some age to it. Uh, however, I do think it's definitely worth watching today, and um, it's a fun romp through the Edo period, uh, and through Edo itself. And uh, I, it would be nice to see this. I'll probably continue watching the second half after this, because I, I was enjoying myself, but um, yeah, you should give it a watch.
0: All right, Jeremy, what are your thoughts on it?
2: Uh, it's better than I thought. I have uh, kind of the opposite nostalgia that Jason has for some reason, and I'm not entirely clear on what it is. I have my suspicions um I just i don't have fond memories of this one. I think it's the music. I just really didn't like the music, and i I'm still not fond of the music um, so but as far as like the nineties animation and everything, I really like that part of it. It feels really comfortable to me, <laughs> very familiar um and there's also just the simplicity of it of the animation like even just the combat if you look at the sword swings and stuff after watching a lot of the more recent ones like jujutsu kaisen and Dragon, or not dragon i always call it dragon slayer but demon slayer and some of the others like while their combat is beautiful and there is a lot to observe the simplicity of the combat of at least this one from the 90s it was also really nice in its own way um for me, a lot of the humor landed pretty well. Uh, and I like the characters. So, yeah, I guess the music is just such a big turnoff for me that I, it, it slants it a lot.
1: <laughs> but, All three main um,
2: characters are such jerks. <laughs> they are, they really are. Um, but each in their own way. Like, and, and the fire and ice combo that you have going between Mugen and Jin is really cool. Just that, that personality wise uh plays well on the characters. So, I don't know. I I think it's probably I would recommend it because I think most people would have a different taste than I do in this regard. They would probably like it more than I do.
0: Jeremy, you don't like the hip hop hip hop anonymous? I I don't. <laughs> I I don't like the wicky wiki wiki wiki, wiki. <laughs> Just, I really don't like that. <sighs> So I have a lot of early thoughts here. I probably more have more say in this section, the non-sports section, than once we start getting <laughs> into it. Um, this is our third time watching a Shinjiro Watanabe directed anime. He did Cowboy Bebop, and then he did you know Space Dandy, and he made this in between those two. Of the three, this is my least favorite, but it's still really good. Like I, it's well made. The guy is clearly a master of his craft. There are some tropes specific to him that I'm starting to see uh, overused. Like, hey, we're starving and we're, we're poor, and that's going to drive an entire storyline a lot. <laughs> um, which, yeah, it, it, that's just, it's, called, it's like doves in a John Woo film. You know, it's just part of it, right? I like the exploration of hip hop. I enjoy hip hop just fine. I don't know much about its history. Whereas, like where Cowboy Bebop was trying to do jazz like storytelling, this is trying to do hip hop like storytelling, and I don't connect with it as well because I don't understand it as much. But it was still fun to watch that uh, exploration. These characters aren't to me as good as other characters he's made. Uh, again, this is just it's it's just a third place of his series. But I still think it's it's worth watching, especially if you are a fan of his other work. Uh, it is very cool visually. It's it's just a it's a vibe, man. This whole series is just a a vibe for however long you go on the journey with it. All right, uh, what do you guys think of the opening and the closing, Jeremy? We already know your thoughts. You can just step out of this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. yes,
3: the I had forgotten the opening to this. Like oh quite a while, while ago and when it first came on all these feelings and like memories started flooding back. And I was just, again, that nostalgia bias just hit hard. Um, and trying to just kind of pull those feelings back and let's do it objectively. I, I love the opening song. Um, and also the visuals are cool. It's just got this like style. It's very stylized and usually stylization that I don't like. Normally, Um, but something about like what Jeremy was saying about the fire and ice—you've got this moment where you've got Mugen and uh, uh, Gene, kind of. It's this close up, but they're they're running and and swinging swords, and it's just—it's got this feel that it's hard to describe of other anime openings. Um, Yeah, it's just—it's—it's a—it's a a piece in time is probably the best way to put it. But I, I and the the ending is. A bunch of pictures so I. but i ended up watching this o, uh, op like probably six times before
2: i stopped before i started skipping it you can talk jeremy it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i forced myself to watch it once on the episode one and once at the last episode of the op and and the rest i skipped as fast as i could i just could not know uh-uh and the outro She's got a nice voice. I just don't like the style of singing. <laughs> it, it, it just it was so weird. It like verged on jazz almost. It just really weird. Um
0: not a fan of either one.
1: Some days. Some nights.
0: Uh the, the opening, I did not forget it. That that thing has burned into my brain for as long as I live. That's probably what I remembered more about this anime than anything else. Some of some of Mugen's fighting style, stuff like that, but yeah, that opening that and it was never skipped in my house that, that, <laughs> that, that's heresy, that's like skipping tank when you watch Cowboy bebop. You don't skip tank um what's tank that was the opening oh, Cowboy that's Cowboy.
2: their opening, yeah,
0: they have a name for their all, okay sorry it, that no, no, sorry, that's an inside joke in my house, so oh, we play a game where I have an anime playlist, and then we'll play it, and then whenever a song comes on, we have to name the anime. But for some reason, my daughter, whenever Cowboy Bebop's opening theme song starts playing, she just yells out the song title, which is actually Tank. So I, uh, okay. For some reason, I know that song compared to everything else I listen to. I can tell you the <laughs> anime, but for some reason, Cowboy Bebop is Tank. I know Tank. So that's that's a that's a personal thing. It's not like they're be all. Uh, We're Tank. We're yeah, much I. I Another opening. <laughs> that's what I thought. I thought it was. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> Even though they uh, should, because Tank is that good. Know.
2: So, yeah, it's that good. I remember when you were talking about it in our episode. If anybody's wondering, you should go back and listen to that episode. Troy had a really good explanation for why that OP
0: is good. Yeah, I don't dope. agree with it.
1: <laughs> it's layered.
0: Uh, this is probably layered, too. I didn't look into it. Uh, but, yeah, I do. So I really like the OP. The ending, I spend a lot of time, you know, trying to figure out, okay, how what, does it affect the story? Or how, Is there anything in these memories? It's clearly we're watching memories. Um, is there anything I need to pick out of this? Uh, watch this on Hulu, and Hulu wants to skip it every time. And after a couple tries, yeah, I, just Hulu! Started, I just started letting it. So uh, the, nothing about the song grabbed me in, the, in that one. So opening, yay! Closing, eh. Facial
1: I watched
3: scores. it on Crunchyroll. Yeah, me too. Which uh, doesn't Hulu, even with a subscription, have like... uh commercials now
0: yes sir But well, you yes. know what there's a hulu app on my television and i don't have to go turn on the computer and like type in what i want to watch it's just a click 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 and it's so you know yeah
3: that uh, Crunchyroll app on my phone that's rough to get into
0: yes
2: <laughs> yep i don't watch tv I, on my phone i don't know how you watch it on your phone i would have such a hard time but, but then that's because i like to read the subtitles so that would that's probably right. the hardest part
0: of it yeah some anime i'll watch on my ipad that's better for me but yeah I, I don't watch anything on my phone i'm too old
1: too old for these stuff um
0: <laughs> all right before we go to the spoiler section we have some business to take care of but first let's let you know the next anime this is jeremy's pick serial experiments lane mm-hmm. i am
2: no it's lame <laughs> it's lame
0: um how does it okay what i know is it's a psychological anime uh it's rated r so hmm. get ready for weird stuff and the uh, while i've heard it a hundred times it was always while i was in a hot topic store so <laughs> that's all i know about it <laughs> but it is one of those like classic anime that people who have seen it have like oh have you seen it it's it's this is deep um so I, I think that's kind of similar to you, Jeremy, where you've always heard of it, don't yeah. know much about it, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, let's take the plunge together. I'm a little scared. Yep. I'm gonna be honest. I'm yeah, a little scared too. of What's coming?
1: Yeah,
0: I'm so, a little scared
2: but excited at the same time. Like, please, can this be as good as something like Psychopaths or what's that? What's that one where like I don't remember the name, so I'm not gonna be able to describe it. Oh, Sunny. Boy. Never mind. No, no, it won't be like Sunny Boy. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> But there was one where, like, the kid Paranoia goes back agent. in time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one. The kid goes back in time and the no, girl's on the seen. bus and all that.
0: No, oh, there's no time travel agent. Oh. Have you ever seen Paranoid Agent? It's it's freaky. Maybe. Maybe. It's about a kid. It, we, in, if we haven't
2: watched it, I probably haven't. <laughs> okay. It's
0: about a kid in Rollerblades who just shows up and kills people with a bat. And every episode, like, another person. <gasps> he's wearing a mask? They, no? Or no, he's always got his cap on, his head's he down. Cap on, and then, yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never seen it, but I know it. I know of it. Uh,
0: that anime scared the crap out of my wife. That, she's like, I, I can handle monsters, zombies, whatever. You tell me a guy can just get to me no matter what I do and assault me? That's terrifying. <laughs>
1: okay, fair
0: That's fair. It's a very scary anime. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, so Serial experience Lane. The other thing is is to let you know that as of now, voting has started for the audience pick episode. So all of your submissions have gotten in. Hopefully you've followed us on Twitter. So you knew to do that. You have to now go to our website, the anime And there is a voting page there that I'm sure it's very easy to find. There will be a link. There is a link in the menu.
2: Um, look, it will be very odd. Ob- it is very obvious. Very obvious.
0: And there will, there will be a pinned tweet on our, on our X Twitter account that you can also get to the website from there and get straight to the voting there. We need your votes. Otherwise, my daughter's going to pick what we watch. Come on,
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> we need you. <laughs> Help.
2: Has season two come out of... Uh, uh, what is that one we watch? Is it L-
0: Licorice?
1: <laughs> is That'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: No. um uh, <laughs> season two then. But did you... Okay, I said... I send these guys every once in a while just the top 10 anime according to some random vote. And I don't, like, look for it. It's just whenever I see it, I send it to them. Hey, here you guys go. Guys, uh, The Dark of My Heart. What, well, no, what was that anime we watched? Dangers of My Heart. The Dangers of My Heart was the num. season two was the number one anime of the season according to this poll. Over, like, all these famous ones right now, Apothecary Diaries and, um, free run it, <laughs> i don't know how i don't know what's happening studio no. trigger has a brand new anime on netflix and it's number 10 but dangers of my heart are into it who is voting who is jason, voting some uh, jason, is jason jason how dare you. you picked it you have to
2: take credit <laughs> yeah. Are you spamming the votes? jamie yeah, has got his hacking scripts going. <laughs> that's right. I'm I'm constantly spinning up virtual machines in my AWS. <laughs>
1: that's right. And you're All doing right. it
2: in VR so that everything is in a circle around
0: you. Right. We are we are moving on to the anime. Spoiler section. We will be despoiling Samurai Shampoo, which is like twenty something years old at this point, so we will be despoiling Oh, that's, it's so
3: funny. Every time someone goes, the 90s was like 20 years ago. I'm like, oh, really?
2: 25. I thought it was like a, I thought it was like five years ago. It's going to be 30 years ago real soon. Really? Like, yeah. I think it, if it is 1990,
0: it is. Like, halfway through it, it is. Ugh. <laughs> Drop, we've dropped the spoiler warning. Spoilers are coming. Here we go. We are back in the Edo period of Japan. And we start. Well actually with our...
2: the opening scene is in modern Japan. I do <laughs> like how it fades to, to Edo. 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 And
0: then Edo. it
1: Edo. Edo. E, e, e,
0: remixes
1: <laughs> back to that uh, That's uh, uh. right. <laughs> Wicka Wicka.
0: <laughs> and no missiles go flying.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another episode where I can torture someone with, with Wicka Wicka, but it's not Jason this time, it's Jeremy. Yeah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> All right, so we see our two main characters are about to get executed. Uh, two of our three. The first off, uh, our, the main man, Mugen, the wild brawler, wild guy. <laughs> I know I said wild twice. He's that wild. Uh, your guys' thoughts on Mugen? Um, he's just this,
3: like you said, raw, feral like I live for myself kind of individual but underneath he does seem to have like a, at least a baseline level of principles um or he wouldn't be in this group but he's I, I really like this character because is for simple as his character seems to be there's definitely some depth there and uh his fighting style it, it, we immediately get to see that the other samurai in the area, like just have no idea how to a combat him, but b like, they've never seen just this wild fighting style. And um, yeah. And also like all the interactions with him are hilarious. (laughs) I love watching the world react to him, but because that's really how, like he's, he's just this presence that like, everyone has to
2: get out of his way, not the other way around. And him react to the world is also really good. Like, I don't know how many times you get a scene where it's just him, like breaking free from people and his body is like tweaked in these hyper action poses (laughs) where he's like limbs bending and everything. And everybody's just kind of like, Whoa, Um, he remind his fighting style reminds me a bit of, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen's uh, y- Yuta just because he does a lot of like breakdance fighting and Yuta has very similar like upside down kicking moves right and so it, okay I watched a lot of Jujutsu Kaisen I watched Wait, all of Jujutsu y- Kaisen you mean Zero, so on my mind. yeah I do mean Yuji thank you <laughs> y-
0: yeah Yuta's from the movie and he was a little more sword
1: slashy
2: yeah he's the boring one uh
0: Yuji <laughs> wait wait Um, wait! pause oh i want oh sorry i gotta go off a rail now that you've seen so we just did the movie and you haven't seen anything now you've seen everything any new thoughts on the movie anything change
2: um yeah actually i i still think yuda is not a great character um but (laughs) (laughs) you asked about change let's see (laughs) um it was really good the fighting was really good it pulled me in it wasn't as good as i was expecting
0: but that's probably because you guys were really enjoying it and so no, my I, expectations I
1: don't i don't so mean high. season
0: 2 i mean about the movie like uh probably mm. the biggest one i want to know about is you're like ghetto seems very uh one dimensional and you know oh yeah, yeah. and now you've gotten his backstory and got to see why he got there did that change anything of your opinion in in like 10 it, seconds or less we got to get back to the movie. <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It, it gave him justification. I will definitely give it that. Um, I, yeah. If you watch, if you watch this that part, like the first arc, mm-hmm. and then you watch him, I do think, yeah, it's absolutely necessary. I think, uh, for you to get any sense of of who Ghetto is, that he's not just a mustache twirler. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, more thoughts. More thoughts on Mugen. Back, back to Samurai okay. Shampoo. Wicca, Wicca, back. No. <laughs> okay. Yes, um,
1: that's amazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so yeah Mugen is fire uh, he is just uh, energy I love it how repeatedly Fu will say and others will say that he just he doesn't know when to stop of course Jin kind of gets a similar statement but not as much uh, Mugen's wild he's he's crazy and he also had he's jaded he's got a chip on his shoulder he's got problems Okay, both of them have problems him and Jin right but he wears his problems on his sleeve like it's obvious that he has these problems and he doesn't try to hide it. He's ready to pick a fight anytime with anyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I think really he's most interesting when compared to Jin, because there's a lot of similarities between them, but their distinction is what they're what makes them different from each other, their dichotomy, is what makes them so <laughs> interesting.
0: <Drink.
2: laughs> yeah. So I, I really like Mugen. He's a great character.
0: Agree with everything they've said so far. Want to call out the metal slats on his shoes so that yes. he can block swords with his shoes. And I love it yes. every time he does it. Um, but my biggest thoughts was, you know, watching this, the core of it is hip hop, right? That, that's what they went for. Whereas like um, Cowboy Bebop, the core of it was jazz. But yet, when I see Mugen, especially Mugen, even more than Jin, I get punk. And maybe that's just because I'm more familiar with the punk movement, you know, the British punk and all that stuff. I get that, you know, no one's going to hold me down. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to be what I want, do what I want. But now I'm, you know, not knowing much about the hip-hop movement. I'm spending a lot of time watching this thinking... Are those two movements very closely related in, in what they were wanting to do and trying to say? I just don't know, like I said, enough about it to have a thought. But I got punk off of Mugen. But the, you know, the answer is he's hip-hop. Is Jin also hip-hop? Well, I would say the whole thing is. In <laughs> yeah. the, in the, well in the okay. fact that they're both... I mean, we're, we can start with Jin. He's the next guy. But Jin, the, like you said, they have a lot of similarities. And the bat—the big one is they both want to live their life their way. No one's telling them what they can be and what they have to do. They're both independent to a fault. <laughs> and they will kill anyone who stops them from that. Um, so I would say yes. But whereas Mugen has that super expressive attitude that I associate with Punk of like, I'm going to put my rebellion in your face. Whereas Jin's like, if you, I'm going to keep my rebellion. And if you get in my face now, now you're going to feel the rebellion. Your guys' thoughts on Jean.
3: Um, I really liked Gene this time around because, well, okay. So I liked him when more, when I was more than Mugen when I first saw it, but I think my opinions kind of switched, but Jean brings a, he's the straight man of the group and he brings this sense of levity and responsibility to some of the situations that they go into which can end up leading to not only hijinks but also hilarious situations Um, but like the you know his his drive to do quote unquote what's right uh, can really um, can really railroad their their uh, current mission or you know travels so uh, yeah he he's a great he, he's a great straight man for the group I think
2: yeah um, and even though Mugen is my favorite character I still really like what Jin brings to the table he's um, one of the funniest scenes for me with him was it actually came from a long-term joke where he's he's sitting in a prison cell with Fu, and like she just keeps talking to him and he never responds he's just well i mean he responds but he never responds with anything of consequence exactly that's all he ever says it's just "Mm." and you don't know whether it's disagreement or agreement or what and it's just a one-time joke you think but then later in another episode that's referred to and she actually gives her you know uh Opinion on how it was so rude of him to do that, and, and it just it made the joke land even better. Like Jin, the differences between Jin and Mugen were well known and well used by the author, and uh, it, it very skillful. Um, just the execution of it to still make the jokes land really well with these very. I don't know. I I, I again. Even though I sound probably like a broken record, I just I think of them as fire and ice. And it I think it's hard to get both to be equally funny, but they
1: did. Hmm. Gene would with mm. that. Come on, guys.
0: <laughs> so how does that make you feel? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he he's a great character. I and I he plays a great straight man, but then there's moments of like where he kind of burst out of his shell. Uh th- there's a scene that so oh, I should say we only watched the first uh 14 episodes because we can only handle so much for able to watch the rest of it. Um and there's an episode scene it, past where we watch where they're fishing. And, you know, he gives this samurai way like, oh, they gotta fish, you gotta, you know, fight for your life and fishing. And he doesn't catch anything. And Mugen and Fu are, like, sitting there chomping fish, but he won't give up. And they're laughing at him. And so he ends up diving into the river to try to grab him with his hands because he gets so frustrated. He has, like, this boil over moment. Um, you know, there's a scene here where he, he cross dresses to sneak into a brothel oh, and has to so play, good. play, play a guitar, uh, like a sitar type thing. Yeah. He doesn't know how, but he, he goes with the bit the whole time anyway. It's, it's when he catches you off guard because he does seem like such a straight man, but there, there is a, a very funny, very wild character that he's carefully hidden under a cultivation of samurai honor. Um, and when that real him emerges, he's, he's fantastic. Um, but it's rare. And so he's nowhere near as entertaining as Mugen, who's got to spout off at everything and everyone and start a fight with anything that has a sword.
1: Hmm.
0: All right. And then we get a little more remixing and we jump even farther back, which is uh, (laughs) to a young girl, (laughs) uh, (laughs) a 15-year-old girl who is waiting on customers in a shop. And this is the third main character, who is Fu, uh, the main character that will push them onto their quest. So your guys' thoughts on Fu <laughs> uh she she's so antitypical to
3: normal uh tropey uh anime uh main uh female protagonists. Um and she just reminds me of there there's this uh, air about her of like a sitcom in one character because because like every, uh, every situation she comes across, she almost sees it as if she's like looking at it from inside, even though she's got the knife to her throat. She's just like, Oh, here we go again. I'm being captured. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I do like that. Eve. Even though she is a fairly helpless girl, she doesn't treat herself as such, and she's uh, willing to, um, you know, get her hands dirty if needed. But she also is, uh, she, she, she seems to have a heart of gold, but she's also, like, willing to take advantage to get whatever she wants. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like this character. She uh, The dynamic of these three makes for some really great moments.
2: She's also got some crazy hidden skills, like the episode where she's the dice master and like the way she throws the dice and they like ricochet off of beams and stuff. And then she catches them in the that's insane. Um, And I know that was probably just entirely for laughs, but I mean, she did it. And at the same time, in another episode, uh, a net is thrown, and her, Mugen, Jin, and another person are standing where the net's going to land. And she's the only one that doesn't make it out <laughs> in time before the net lands. So her physical prowess is very contextual um, based on what the author needs at the given moment. But I still find her to be really entertaining. She is, uh, she is funny. But I, I kind of wonder, she doesn't seem as important. As the other two, Uh, like she's very much the the catalyst for many events, right? Like she's the the MacGuffin, the one that gets, like you said, Jason, that gets captured and her observations of it are interesting. But at the same time, she doesn't contribute a lot most of the time to her own rescue. Um, But let's be honest. I mean, the other two wouldn't be together without her. Right. That's true. They they even tried not to. but but. Yeah, I I just didn't find her as compelling um, as the other two. I,
0: I think that she's the most main character of the main characters, but they are hiding it at this point in the story. Hmm. I think she I think the central theme lies in her past and what she's doing here on this mission. And it's a very slow, very slow build to get to that. Because much like Cowboy Bebop and Space Dandy, the main characters are only not really the main characters. It's about the stories they encounter along their way.
3: Every oh, episode, so it's about
0: firing missiles into a black hole.
1: Wicked, wicked. Dandy missiles. Uh,
0: <laughs> or, <laughs> or stopping an underwear debate between an alien race. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. My point is Watanabe's uh, (laughs) style is like, yeah, there is a a central story. You know, Spike had, uh, you know, a a woman that he loved that he talked about like once every three episodes. And, you know, in in Cowboy Bebop, she finally shows up near the end of the, the, the show. But that's not really what Cowboy Bebop was. Cowboy Bebop was here. Here's these characters. They're hungry. They're poor. They encounter the this super sad story or super weird story or super funny story. And here's that story. And then the characters move on to their next location and another story happens to them um, with very little sprinkling of their own story happening. That's that even is more here. So I think as much as you can be, foo is a main character. I just don't think we're anywhere near her payoff. Um, so mm-hmm. in this, I, so I'd say in this half, I agree with you that she's a bit underutilized or underserved. Uh, But I do think, I have faith, I'll say, um, with barely a memory of (laughs) how this ends, that that pays off. So, I just just wanted to
2: say that what it sounds like to me from your description, and basically from thinking about what I have seen of Cowboy Bebop and, and Space Dandy, this author is very much interested in episodic anime. Like, you've got your through line. But the animes are all the they're all episodic and progressively more so until you get to Space Dandy, where that's the entire core of Space Dandy is (laughs) is it's almost like exploring what being episodic means and what that would mean in a universe where you are episodic. Um, And that's kind of interesting. But here, like you were saying before, if this is caught in the middle. Um, it's it's less so, but still, I, I'm not a fan of episodic anime, so that's probably why I don't like it as much.
1: Yeah,
0: the, I, and I felt that during this, there's definitely a point where I'm like, oh, another tragic character who's about to have a tragic story. It was it was almost too much yeah. to to binge, and I watched this these 14 episodes over two weeks, but it was still like two episodes a day every day um every weekday is is basically how i watch this and yeah you know the the third day sixth episode you watch like oh yeah there oh that that is sad yeah. that he also died um yeah and i was also
2: like measuring it against is this an old anime that was like setting the standard and so i can't be as critical of it cuz i do i do think that's a valid statement if that's the case but it, the stories of the episodic Nature were, were very tropey, like very predictable. Like when you'd see the characters at the beginning, you're like, oh, this is where they're going. And 75% of the time, you were right. Sometimes, sometimes more.
0: I would say where I found my appreciation for it was in the exploration of the the, the period, even though mm-hmm. they also abandon some period conventions. Um, that actually brings me back to Fu. No one talks like they exist in the Edo period. They're talking like mo- or modern times of art when this was made foo is a manic pixie dream girl <laughs> <laughs> well, set in the, the edo period um which i enjoyed and, you know and mugen's like i don't give a rat's crap about any of this stuff and like no one's saying that in edo. and even at one point yeah gene points it out he, he's like no one no one says anything like that he's like well i say stuff like that <laughs> like, yes
2: yeah, oh, say uncle okay.
0: <laughs> yeah so they're they're definitely playing with some conventions but still a lot of the um you know the the the, the foreigners not being allowed in edo um how women are being treated at this time which kind of uh, another thing i wanted to bring up about Fu, she's 15 years old and mm. so in the world she's in she is very much a character that is in the let me say that nicely um Is considered a sexual person. (laughs) uh, She's a woman. Yeah. (laughs) She can be sold to a brothel. It doesn't matter. I I found the anime toed a nice line of not making us see her as a sexual creature while still showing that the world was very much treating her as such. But it wasn't drawing her a lot like sensual or curvy. Um, you know, there's the episode with the painting and stuff, but we yeah, don't actually see any painter. Yeah. But we don't see anything revealing until we actually see the painting, which is, which isn't accurate.
2: <laughs> right. right. <laughs> because she's flat as a board. Everybody makes comments about it. And the painting right. was
0: not. <laughs> so the painter made things up. So I, I wanted to call it, cause it, she says her age out loud early on. And I was like, Oh, I remember there is some stuff in this. And yeah. so, yes, the world, It's very much like, hey, the world treats her as this, but the anime does its best not to, (laughs) and I did appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Okay, any other thoughts on Fu? Not for me. So, this is, I felt, of all the episodes, this is the biggest hip-hop influences, where it's having, like, three different story tracks that it's jumping back and forth between, Yes, it uses the record scratch, but it's trying to do that in a narrative style as well. Um, So we have one, which is uh, Gene, who's walking along and he's seeing a man trying to pay uh, a debt to the governor. And the governor is like, ha ha ha, no, that's not even enough. Everybody, I want my guards to kill this guy. And Gene steps forward and kills these elite guards of the governor uh, for and then takes the money. (laughs) Showing that, yeah, he's a good guy but he's broke. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the same time, Fu is in a story where uh, the governor's son and his lackeys have come into her restaurant and harassing her. And this wild barbarian man, Lugan comes in and he's like, Hey, I'll deal with that. If you pay me (laughs) food. And she gets into a position where the these jerks are going to cut off her fingers for spilling tea. And she says, I'll give you a hundred dumplings. And Mugen's like, ha your guys' life is only worth a 100 dumpings. And then starts <laughs> murdering. <laughs> uh, but the, the governor's son is like, my dad has these special elite guards. He's like, oh, yeah, go get them. I want to fight them. And then Jin walks in and he's like, I, I just killed them. And Mugen's like, well, then I'm fighting you. And that's the first time Mugen and Jin start fighting. Um I love their fights because Jin is orthodox to the T like the best you can be in the orthodox and Mugen has never seen a day of training in his life from a master has made everything up on his own and it frustrates Jean endlessly that he can't get Mugen but same for Mugen like he's doing all the normal stuff and none of my tricks are working Um, and then one of the guys that uh, got his arm chopped off sets the building on fire they end up well. we see just Mugen wake up from a nightmare or a dream where they were on fire and they're captured and they're tortured. And so Fu decides she's going to break them out and then gets them to promise that they will help her find the samurai who smells of sunflowers. And it wasn't until episode two where they're like, what the hell is a sunflower that I was like, Oh yeah, that would make sense (laughs) in Japan. They probably don't get a lot of those. Um, but yeah, so she goes off and gets fireworks. This is one of the things I remembered. Is is I called them booby bombs. Yeah, <laughs> she takes these for two good two round firework balls and she shoves them in her shirt uh,
1: <laughs> and
0: yeah. runs up. Meanwhile, uh, the our samurai main characters uh, manage to avoid execution by fighting back and start slaying the governor's men and the governor. And then Fu creates a distraction, and they all run away. And then they do a coin flip to see if they're allowed to fight each other or they have to help her. And Mugen does the coin flip, which means he throws the coin so high (laughs) that they have to wait a whole minute for it to come down, lands on Fu's head, she wins the toss, they go off on their adventure together. A great character moment for, for Mugen, though, showing that restraint Is not something he understands in the slightest. No. But it also, even though he
3: is a wild animal that lives for himself, if he makes a promise, he's going to keep it.
2: At least in this episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I spend a lot of time wondering, like, how much they actually care and how much they're like, I just don't have anything else to do. That's fair. I mean, it is the Edo period. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. So the guy who set the fire and had lost his arm in the, that, that cafe before, he goes and frees a prisoner called Oniwakamaru, hmm. who's like a giant, oh, they call him an ogre because he, he's got a messed up face and he's a giant man. And basically this guy is looking to get revenge on Mugen. That's become his obsession. Uh, and then we, <laughs> Come to our three main characters. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna skip past this. In every episode, the three main characters are either hungry and or broke or both. Yes. <laughs> and thus are needing to do something about that situation. Uh, this one, they they buy some food, but a bird steals it, and then they tell uh, Mugen's like, "Hey locals, I hear you have an ogre. I'll kill it for you." Uh, Fu gets drunk. And then they wander over to a shack to stay the night in. But Mugen runs into a woman traveling on the road who invites him to her place. So he goes there instead. And Fu passes out, but then gets captured by the bad guys. And Jin takes a bath with a guy who was a cowardly samurai, too scared to fight the ogre. who um, kind of hits on him a little
2: yeah, bit. Yeah, totally does. <laughs> I love that Jin's like, it's like, if you
1: excuse
0: me.
2: I'm <laughs> out of here. <laughs> it was so funny.
0: But all of this is part of the bad guy's plan. The woman poisons Mugen with uh, a kiss, uh, and saying that the bad guy has the antidote, so he has to go fight him. Fu becomes friends with the giant ogre guy because she's nice to him. She has empathy. And the cowardly samurai is actually an assassin, and he starts fighting Jin in the forest. Mugen uh, starts losing to the ogre guy, but when the bad guy threatens Fu, the ogre kills the bad guy instead, and then Mugen slays the ogre guy because, again, he doesn't hold back. He saw enemy, he doesn't understand anything but killing.
2: Yeah, it and... is interesting that in this moment, uh, the two of them are about to clash, and Fu yells, Stop! And it's the ogre that drops his weapon.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: Not Mugen. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then the assassin's like, well, looks like my employer is dead. No need to fight, but I'm sure we'll meet again. And he wanders off. <sighs> one thing about these is it almost felt like I kept waiting for like one more scene at the end of every episode. And the anime was just like, no, it's over. Like, like a guy would die and he'd be like, I'm dying. And then the end, or to be continued, I guess is what it usually said um did you guys get that like it did it feel abrupt at the endings of the episode a lot of episodes mm-hmm. felt okay.
3: really abrupt
0: <clears throat> like they they never sit and talk like oh you became friends with that ogre guy or hey guys did you see the assassin that just attacked me yeah <laughs> there's never any reflection or you know group group j- freeze frame jumps <laughs> yep I think
2: episode one had the only really good freeze frame
0: where it's like she's got the coin imprint
2: <laughs> yeah. on her forehead.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, the next episode, uh, Mugen and Jin ditch foo. guys. Was this <laughs> meant to be permanent or were, were they I aware mean, she'd catch to, up to them? They were heading to the same town because they get to a crossroads and they're like, whisper, whisper. And then they just sprint. Yeah. <sighs> You, there's
3: an argument to be made for both but i mean they didn't go far once they got into town
2: so it didn't seem like they were consistently trying to get away from her but like you said the the argument would probably be that they couldn't afford to go far <laughs> like they needed food <laughs> they needed a place to stay maybe um but yeah yeah this this is where this is where i think that they're bored and they really have nothing better to do than you know whatever's the most entertaining, and she seems to be entertaining, and also, I think they do kind of get a sense of well, crud, if she's left by herself, she's gonna wind up you know taken advantage of by somebody, she'll probably wind up in a brothel somewhere or something like she does in this episode um and so I don't know, maybe they do get a sort of sense of responsibility toward her at that point um
0: because they don't do this again. True. Also, this is a two-part episode, but Mugen goes back for her in, in this episode. Gene doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. And yeah. multiple times I noticed Mugen goes out of his way to find her or rescue her. Gene almost never does. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Okay, so... Mugen gets to arrest a, a diner and there's some Yakuza men and he picks a fight with them while stealing their food. But the Yakuza, Yakuza boss is like, sweet, this guy's awesome. I want to, I want to become friends with him. So they go off and he, he makes them his business partner. Uh, at the same time, we see a gambling hall, which is run by this Yakuza boss and this old man who loses and now is in huge debt, has to deal with debt collectors. Um, and they're they're they want his daughter for the brothel as payment. Gene, he comes to the same diner later, learns about the two different Yakuza that have taken up in this town. There's the honorable, we basically make the town run functionally, we're the we're the good criminals. <laughs> mm. And then there's these new guys who run dirty gambling halls, are making things a lot worse. And they haven't fought for territory yet, but it's coming to a head soon. Is, is the general impression. And um, these debt collectors are there, and the kid from the good Yakuza, which are called the Kawaru, Kawaru uh, he starts, hey, give give my, the old man his, his debt token back, and Jin's like, hey, I will, I'll work for you, kid, and scares these guys away. They get the, the thing back, but it, it doesn't help. The daughter is still sold into the brothel. Fu also gets conned into being kidnapped and put into the brothel watch out for vases <laughs> watch out for vases um the kid and gene go to rescue the old man's daughter this is the scene where gene, gene dresses uh like a brothel girl uh oh, yeah. playing that that instrument and they're like play us something and he's like Twang, twang, twang,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that that's it's such a smart decision
3: to like not go, oh well he's played this in the past and he's actually pretty good. No 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 he's
1: just, just <laughs> twang, twang, twang. Yeah. the
0: part that sells it the best is his face. That that like look on his face of I am not selling this when
1: uh, oh well
0: Sword time <laughs> Yep <laughs> But Critical failure <laughs> Yeah since they're caught uh, Mugen jumps in, and our th- our main characters are all reunited in this moment. Because Fu's like, "You freaking idiots! <laughs> I've been captured, and you're all sitting right there." Um, but uh, uh, Jean and the kid end up having to run away. Mugen tries to go after them, and then the Yakuza boss that he w- he's working for is like, "Hey, don't fight anymore. I, I don't want you fighting. You you've scared the men." properly now they'll try harder i just need you to be around to inspire and mugen's like that's dumb i quit yeah we should also point out that he had a little bit of a fight with the head bodyguard of this uh nagatomi yakuza boss um who was formerly of the other yakuza and had switched sides and has a really cool ball and chain move that they only use once and i wanted to see more of that um Oh, the kid tries to, or the kid wants to help again. He ends up killing one of the Nagatomi Yakuza guys. And then the Nagatomi boss is like, Oh, this is great. He's like, Hey, yeah, you, you owe me. The kid killed one of my, my guys. We're not at war right now. So that's not allowed. Uh, you have to pay the price. Uh, so they, um, the two bosses agree to a gambling dice throw to decide their fate. Um, one, either the kid, the kid will die or the kid will be spared. And then he gets to keep the, the territory of the other gang. So, yeah, not not good. And then um, Fu escapes, ends up becoming the dice thrower for the game. <laughs> she <laughs> ends up being great at it, but uh, the Nagatomi clan ends up winning the, the bad Yakuza. And so the other Yakuza boss... Kills himself. He's like, here's the debt payment. Kills himself instead of his son. Mugen burst in. He's like, instead of waiting for you guys to hunt me down, <laughs> I'm here to kick your butts and just starts murdering Yakuza randomly. <laughs> and, um, that, the, the, bad guy Yakuza boss runs out and the, his bodyguard follows him and then kills him saying, you were a coward and I should have never joined you. This was a, a bad deal. You didn't have any honor. So the kid becomes the new Yakuza boss and he tells the bodyguard, like, hey, you can come back. I'll, I'll forgive it." He's like, ah, I gotta fight Mugen first. And then Mugen kills him. And But Mugen warns him. He's like, if we do this, I don't hold back. And he's like, yeah, I understand. And then, you know, one slash. And, and he's dead. And that's, boom. End of, end of story. Yeah, no resolution.
3: We we don't have time for that. We gotta move on.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Because we need to talk about Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> so this this connects directly into Rusty Lake, right? Huh? Rest, rest,
1: <laughs> one Rusty it.
0: Lake fan out there? The Van Van Gogh went to Rusty Lake, Jason. There's a whole game about it. <laughs> Van Gogh? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole, one of the games, you're in Van Gogh's painting and it's on Rusty Lake and he was one of the...
3: That's why that picture yeah. looks so familiar with the yeah. bed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember a girl's uh, naked booby in it, but... No, I do not either. Anyway, this episode Definitely. is about Yukio-e paintings? <clears throat> Which... I don't know what those are.
2: I, I had to look it up because I was like, is this pervy paintings or is this something else? And it's something else. So, basically, it's just wood lacquer paintings. That's it. Oh. They can be used for pervy paintings, sure. But they're also used for pretty much everything else.
0: <laughs> Most of this episode is about Fu getting swindled <laughs> again by Yakuza. But this artist is like, oh, I must paint you. You're so beautiful. You must be my, my model. Um, and she trusts him. Meanwhile, Mugen... Is running around robbing Yakuza members every time he runs into them. <laughs> he just mugs them. So, and Jean To the point where they're like fleeing from him constantly. Right. Like
2: watching over their shoulder.
0: <laughs> and Gene is playing Shogi with an old man outside of the painting shop. Well, the painting shop ends up being a Yakuza slave trade market. You actually yeah. like, you, you, you tap the picture of the girl you want to buy. And so the models actually are being abducted, which foo is, but then the artist felt bad for her. He tries to get Mugen to help. Mugen does help. Oh, I forgot, I forgot. Yeah. Mugen tried to save her in the last one, too. He ran into the brothel. I was like, where the hell did she go? <laughs> uh, yeah. Mugen goes and, and rescues her, but he kind of like leaves her behind, <laughs> keeps going after the bad guys and like, keep beating them up. Uh, but we need to talk about. We don't really need to talk about Monzo. The the saw shows up. He's a secret police officer who narrates this whole story. And this is honestly is where I was like, I'm getting some space dandy vibes off of this. I am not getting Cowboy Bebop. I am getting because he like he's got this billy club that he uses as a shake weight while he's wait you know staking out in the the front yard. But they don't show it at first, and he's kind of watching some intimate. People do intimate things. Right, he's watching the modeling and then doing his shake weight, and yes, it's very <laughs> awkward at first. Well, the weirdest
2: part is that he's going side to side with the shake weight, and so you're like, something's wrong too.
1: Like <laughs> it's
0: it's weird. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's Manzo the Saw. But I this is where I, I started that. Okay, so there's Cowboy Bebop, there's Space Dandy over here. I feel like this is gonna be right in the middle. This is gonna be the the, the middle man between A and B. And it was, in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh the
0: end is uh Jin beats the guy in Shogi and he ends up being the actual Yakuza boss that was running the slave trade. So uh Monzo the Saw arrests him after he and then he pays Jin his winnings. Uh Fu's painting gets taken to Europe and the artist is like, I'm sneaking away to Europe, but he gets caught instantly and the painting (laughs) confiscated and the painting goes to Europe, but he never did. He ended up, they acted like he became a famous artist in Japan too. So I don't know if that's a real person there. Yeah. Like the
2: father of these uh, wood lacquer paintings. I didn't find his name.
0: Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they get money. So problem solved for this episode. Then they reach Edo and they're broke and they're hungry,
1: <laughs> so
0: it didn't last very long. So they enter an all-you-can-eat contest. <laughs> so they, they and they use their their all their weapons for the entry fee because surely they'll win. And Jin surrenders after a single bowl of food. <laughs> Mugen gets uh, his stomach super inflated and then he surrenders. But Fu and this other character whose name is Joji. End up setting the record, at eating so much of this food, but Fu tries to squash a fly, and accidentally makes the surrender symbol by putting her hands together, and she loses. So Joji gets all of the entry fees, including their weapons. They're like, "Please give us back our weapons," and he is like, "Hello, I am very <laughs> Japanese. I visit
1: Edo first time,
0: and he's clearly shoulders
1: round." Yeah,
0: he's 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 clearly a giant Dutch man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you're not Japanese. He's like, no, I totally am because um, <laughs> it's illegal for foreigners to be in Japan at this part in history. And so he mm-hmm. is sneaking around and he says, yeah, hey, you give me a tour of Edo and I will give you your weapons back. And they're like, we don't know Edo. And Jin's like, done. Done, done, done. (laughs) (laughs) So they give him a tour while the police are searching for this European that has invaded Japan. And then there's also this group of people with baskets on their head also moving around looking for this guy. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: They almost get arrested by the police at one point in a restaurant and end up fighting their way out of it. And then they go to a play. and, And Joji falls in love with the actress. But in this time in Japan... It's always an actor <laughs> playing a female, and then he run, and he, he's like, "I'm not disappointed. that's even better for me <laughs> I left I left my land because that wasn't allowed and I heard in Japan it is, so I came here and so this is great uh, and then the police show back up and he gives them everyone back their weapons and they have a big brawl that ends up on stage and then uh, the basket guys all are from his country there to to get him, and he is the head commander of the trading company approved Basically. by the shogun he's, he's a very important person especially to the shogun at this time uh, because there's very limited trading with the west with japan so um, this guy is a big deal <laughs> but they also make a really dated joke um the, <laughs> that, that mugen makes here and I laughed, sure. Yep, <laughs> it, was, it was still funny. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he but he is sent home, but he gives Fu some advice. So he is he's not heard of the 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 samurai the smells of sunflowers, but he recognizes a little skull that she has on her um, blade. He's like, you have to keep that hidden, and you should go to Nagasaki because that's where that came from. So they're off on their next
1: voyage. Um, I mean,
0: all these stories start kind of blending in together. I can go into details of each story, but they hmm. they don't really matter. <laughs> the yeah. next one, is they 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 win big at a gambling hall. They get food. They get pickpocketed. They spend the whole episode searching for the pickpocket. Fu finds out it's a young man who's buying medicine for his sick mom and they end up in a like terror uh, hostage situation but then the bad guys come in because he accidentally stole their opium and when he finally gets away the cops corner him and kill him and Fu was very sad about that he and
3: apparently bonded. mom mom had a feeling that he was a bad kid but he mm-hmm. always made her you know lie to her that
0: no it's all up and up uh, yep I, and I want to say, I like the episode. I enjoyed the storytelling. I really thought it was cool seeing a hostage situation in Japan, right? So there, there there's no guns, but all the cops are outside anyway. And it just kind of had that modern and, and ancient feel at the same time. It was cool. It was a, it was a cool episode. But it doesn't matter to anything. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think the only lore drop is that Fu's mom died a year ago, we learn here. But we do need to talk about things that do matter. So in the next episode, we see a samurai come out and declare himself in front of a crowd with his, his homies around him doing rap and and a mirror shining on him. And he's there, he's there to kill Gene, the glass, (laughs) the samurai with glasses, which means he's attacking every samurai he finds with glasses. There's like this little fat guy who's like, I'm not Gene. He's like, battle. Um, this is shinpachi and he's super important that i put him that we have to talk about his character i can't imagine why jeremy what did you th- what does this remind you of
2: <laughs> i i don't know he's like uh samurai dandy or something <laughs> he's
0: like he's like a dandy samurai guy dandy. in edo <laughs> in edo
2: i love this guy um th- the only thing that both. i didn't <laughs> the only thing i didn't like Was the conclusion where they're like, oh, no, you're just your married dude. You got kids and your wife happens to be the lady that was also hitting on them the same way. And you guys are going to go off on a boat somewhere to do your shenanigans elsewhere. I was like, I really liked the silliness of the story as it was where he's just this dorky guy who's like completely out of his league. And he's only still alive because he never happened to encounter the people he was looking for, or he was just really lucky, or someone else saved him at the last minute and he didn't know it.
0: Well, I um, love how
3: he's attacking that castle wall, but it's a yeah. destroyed castle because it's
2: already been conquered by someone else.
1: Exactly. <laughs> he's at the wrong
2: castle.
3: Yeah,
1: the guy goes, no.
0: that's not that castle.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I I thought he was hysterical. I also really loved his little buddy that was that was following him around, and he was using the back end, the pommel of his sword, as a microphone and beatboxing into it the whole time. I was like, okay, in parody, I love this. This is fantastic. Um, there's one scene where, um, they're talking about. So it's outside. He gets a crush on Fu. And they're sitting out there, and, and his beatboxer is basically just kind of doing his own thing. And he's telling her about Jin because he wants to find Jin and kill him. And she realizes it's Jin. And so she's like, oh, that person. And she doesn't want to say his name. So she keeps saying that that person. And the guy that's beatboxing goes, you're a Jin. You know, he just keeps doing it every time she starts to say this person so and every time she gets more flustered because she's like yeah sh- shut up that that guy George J- 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 you know it's so good um, you know so,
0: it's a it's a real shame you don't like hip hop you do that well <laughs> you're really good at that absolutely
2: loved this character and everything that came with him uh, except for that very last bit fantastic
3: I think my favorite part of this episode is the,
2: the woman gets
3: Mugen and Jin to go off, right? And so here's, here's Fu sitting at the table alone and she's getting upset that not only did they leave her, but she, she's. She's just rejected the guy that was hitting on her, but now now she's feeling jealous. She's well, fine. Uh, I have someone to go to, too. And he's just, <laughs> you can see, like, her instincts are like, do not contact this guy. <laughs> but, yep. but she's like, because of her jealousy, she's forcing herself to go find yep. him.
2: That was great. Yep. I also love that when they have to go and do this little show where they're going to cut the pears in half that are on her head, um, one of those is the pair that like he gave her as a gift. And she's like, just cut the stinking thing in half. I hate the guy so much. Just use
0: it as part of the show. She does need it because in her diary, she said it was delicious. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's true. That's um, true. Okay, so the real reason I wanted to bring him up, not only to point out that he very much feels like a prototype version of Space Dandy, where you know that the director is going to be like, that was funny to me. I want to take that concept and, and explore it. Um, but the the biggest thing was for Jason because Shinpachi is is not a main character; he's not carrying the show. So having him as a side character, if that made it more palatable, because I do feel I feel he's very similar to Space Tank. Um, if that affected it, with with him being the side character? A, a one and done, like that. This is,
3: and also I actually appreciated the end of the joke. Like, I did.
0: I did too. I like the ending.
3: It, it was like the, the basically a guy in his midlife crisis trying to go. <laughs> I'm going to be big, but in reality, he needs to go home and take care of his kids. Like that kind of hit home <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I did. Um, I did appreciate the joke. Uh, so yeah, it it wasn't too much. It wasn't also too outlandish either. And also, he already is basically getting his come comeuppance, right? for right. being mm-hmm. you
0: know the way he is so um yeah th- this was fine i liked it I uh, i like the ending because i like the tie in that oh uh, yeah he's terrible but his wife is terrible too and, <laughs> yeah. and you know then he's bouncing his kid on his knee and talking about the next thing he's gonna do and she's just like "You're so dumb but but it, <laughs> they work that way. She was yeah. flirting with men. He was flirting with a girl. At the end of the day, they're together, taking care of their kids. That it worked for me. I thought it was funny. Um, the lore bit <laughs> that happens in this episode is when Jin goes back. To, they have to go back to the pawn shop to buy his glasses. Uh, this Shinpachi guy is there, and he's like, "Oh, that's that's the guy I've been looking for to fight." And his follower jumps forward and challenges Gene. And it's like, I'm one of the students of the master you kill. Cause we had learned Jean killed his own master and they have this fight and Jean defeats him, but decides to spare him and says, I did kill the master. I had to, um, but, and, and I'm just going to keep running. He's like, we're going to get you. We're going to kill you. He's like, that's fine. But I, you know, I'm not looking to, to harm anyone. I don't want, I don't want to do this. So you just tell them that, um, so we do get a little bit of look into Gene because, according to Shinpachi's backstory, he was a villain who murdered his master. And Fuu spends the whole episode wondering, like, wait, not the Gene I know. He's so nice and gentle and kind, even though he never rescues me. <laughs> 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 um. Okay. Uh, this was probably this honestly was probably my favorite episode. It's the um. So we start with the guy who used to work in a check. Well, he's worked in a checkpoint his whole life and he tells the story of 30 years ago when the checkpoint, which was always the strictest of checkpoints, was totally open for everyone to pass through for one day. And it starts with, uh, Mugen, Jean and Fu who bought bad travel passes. (laughs) I love (laughs) Mugen's like, what the hell's a travel pass? And Jin's like, you have to have one. Do you have one? know but uh, reasons (laughs) i lost mine
1: and
3: also i i love how just easily swindled they are like this guy completely sounds like a scammer and they're like problem to our solution
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah so they buy they buy scammed uh boarding passes and get arrested immediately at the checkpoint and uh, the guy there is so quick to execute everyone because he he loves it, that he forgets to check for bounties uh, for criminals that come through, and he finds out, oh, we already killed this huge bounty. But if we have his head delivered, we'll get a huge payout. So he tells the three, all right, I'm going to send one of you to deliver this head, and if you get it get back here before sundown, I'll let you go through the checkpoint. Otherwise, I'm executing the two that remain behind, and he picks Mugen to go. <laughs> and I love Fu like, you understand you have to come back <laughs> by sundown, right? like yeah yeah don't worry about it no no like you understand <laughs> uh, really cool animation in this one you know mugen basically parkouring through the forest as he's chased by these um they're like warrior monks that live mm-hmm. in the in the woods uh but he ends up getting lost because of course he does and wanders into it's a marijuana field or is it an opium yeah. field yeah no it's but, marijuana
3: yeah, it looks like marijuana but it almost it acts like, like opium
0: Right, I was a little confused, but we just had opium like two episodes yeah. ago, so I was thinking that this had to be marijuana. Anyway, he's uh, when he finds the field, he falls into a hole. The, the these warrior priests uh, abduct him. the The guy who's telling the story, he's young, obviously, in this, and he had followed Mugen under orders, and tries to rescue him. and And they, when they break out, they set a fire, and it starts burning the field. So Mugen has starts fighting these warrior guys. But the smoke starts getting to them, and so they start having... It looks like Space Dandy. It looks like yeah, it the stars are blasting out. His <laughs> bodies are stretching across space and time. Colors become pink and blue and everything under the sun. Um, but my favorite bit through this whole thing, and this is really... I said Episode 8 and Episode 9 are Space Dandy pilots. You can't convince me differently. 8 had the character. 9 had the, the style. Because through this whole episode, everything that's happening to Mugen, it then cuts to Fu and Gene, and Fu going, you don't think he fell into a hole and was captured by a bunch of bandits, do you? Right after it happened, right? Like, it's so silly, she's guessing 100% accurate. And every time, Gene just goes, hmm.
3: I love it. She's, you don't, like, right as he, like, decides that I'm lost, and she's like,
0: you don't think he got lost, did you? <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's a running yep. joke through the whole thing. And then, they have this moment of the sun's going down. Will he show up? And they see a runner coming. They're like, oh, he showed up. But nope, it's just a guy who's out jogging. He's like, oh, I'm just keeping in shape. I'm a jogger. <laughs> is there a problem with that? <laughs> something wrong? And then the the, the, the the checkpoint captain is like, execution. And they immediately crosses, rise up into the air with him on crosses for execution. Yeah. Um, but the smoke from the burning field hits the checkpoint. So everyone gets drugged. And Fu and Jean are able to slip away, and after they do, they come across the field of Mugen and all these bandits just partying and hanging out. Ah, oh, you guys are so cool! I love you guys. And that's the innocent. No, no resolution, no discussion. Just Mugen in a field hugging hugging the guy we last saw having a death battle with.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So the one thing I don't understand. Everything else makes sense, even as crazy as it is. The one thing I don't understand is how uh, Jin and Fu were not affected by the smoke because everybody else lost their wits. They probably were affected,
3: but, you know, they maybe because they were above the smoke for a while, which doesn't make sense because smoke rises. Right. So, no, there's no no sense to it.
0: Nope. Especially since Mugen is still clearly affected by it. So if they had been affected by it, they should still be under influence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I did
2: want to say that I've been noticing that there's a handful of instances where I remember being surprised by specific events in the episode. So I do want to make a caveat to my previous statement that there were a lot of things that were just really predictable. Yes. Overarching themes, but individual storytelling beats. There were a lot of surprises like uh, take, for instance, the guy that was the uh, the the second in command, basically, of that Yakuza team that Mugen killed. I did not see it coming that he was going to go face Mugen and then die right before the credits roll. Like, that? No, no, that not in a million years, um, the kid being killed by the guards after the heist, right? Or not the heist, but after the hostage scenario. I did not see the kid dying until she jumped out the window to go follow. And then I was like, okay, is she going to see him get away? Or is she going to, oh, 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 they killed him. So there are a lot of like interesting decisions that are made. And also like with the, the, from the previous episode, the dandy guy, right. And how he had a family at the end. I didn't see that coming. So there's definitely like, it's almost a recurring theme that at the end of the episode, everything goes the way you would expect it to and then all of a sudden there's like a weird twist. Um. So anyway, it's just something that I've observed as we talked about these more that there's this consistent spin at the end that is unexpected.
0: Probably because it's episodic, it gives them a lot more freedom, right? You can twist these characters. We're never going to see again. We're never going to do anything with them. You can kill them. If you want, you can suddenly mm-hmm. say they're married and, and send them off with their kids. Um, yeah. There, there's, you know you can't do that with Mugen you can't suddenly have Mugen die and you can't suddenly have Mugen have a family um but because everyone else is episodic only there for a short time you get a lot more freedom what you can do with the story that's true and you don't have to commit to like
2: a Naruto style thing or something elsewhere even if it is episodic where you're going to bring those cuz i know that like in Sailor Moon and stuff they did bring characters back like they would add them and and have development happening off off screen with those mm-hmm. characters um but with one season, even with twenty something episodes, it, yeah, they don't have to commit to do even that. Um, you're right, one and done. Uh
0: the next episode, so it has a samurai killer, uh, a guy named Shoryu who Mugen ends up
1: <laughs> by a... the
0: airbenders. Or <laughs> Shaolin Monks. Come on. That's <laughs> not fair. Hey Airbenders. <laughs> That's not fair at all. because they borrow the same visual style how dare you and attack like oh he's attacking with his key (laughs) it's
2: like it looks like airbending
1: okay it's a gust of wind
2: (laughs) he shot a gust of wind at me Mm mm-hmm
0: so, okay, so yeah, there's a samurai killer. They, they're they staying at a temple where they have to work so they can get food and sh- and shelter from the temple. But Mugen finds out about this bounty for the samurai killer. He's like, that sounds more fun. I'm going to go do that. Ends up tracking him down. Uh, and they have a brief fight. He actually talks with them for a little bit, and then they have a brief fight. Uh, and Mugen's hands get ripped open from the fight. So this guy, like, vibrates your sword so bad it'll rip your hands open.
2: Yeah, he airbends you.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the cops intervene, so they <laughs> the, the the killer is like, Hey, meet me back here at the full moon and we'll do this again. So Mugen uh, they talks with the priest and the priest is like, actually he was my student, but um, he ended up landing on the continent and was trained in a new martial arts over there. Um, the uh, Krillin gang? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, come on. We've already established <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, they were all bald with,
3: like, six dots on their forehead. Yeah. Just saying. It's Krillin's family he
2: left behind.
0: Guys, they're Shaolin monks. That's what they look like. Shaolin Krillins? <laughs> not this anime's fault that everyone else has already borrowed that visual. Wow. Amateurs. <laughs> oh, look, uh training. Going super Mugen. Mugen trains for a month. He's able to copy the technique because that's what Mugen does, right? He's super adaptable. He doesn't have a fighting style of his own. But I think this
3: is one of my more favorite moments as well, because this is the first time we see Mugen put effort into nearly anything. Mm. Because this is the first time someone's pushed him to be better than he was because he's always looking for the toughest guy. He's always looking for a fight. And he always is able to dispatch everyone that he can at a moment's notice. And he hasn't really had a chance to get into it with Gene. But this guy really rattled him. And so, yeah. It, it, and this is the thing like this training montage that he's going through, we don't ever, we didn't see it before. We didn't, we don't see it again. And it's of his own volition. He he didn't get you know someone didn't say hey you need to train, um, that this is pushing him to be a better fighter.
1: Mm-hmm. Gonna need a
3: montage,
0: montage. <laughs> even Rocky had a montage,
1: <laughs> montage.
2: <laughs> and I love that even though he's so driven, we still get a scene of Mugen staring at the waterfall going. No, that's dumb.
1: <laughs> why, <laughs> <Yeah. why?
0: laughs> um, he, he he wins the fight. Uh, but well, before
3: um, there another really good moment that I really liked. Um, you know, both Jen and food know he's going to go hunt for this guy because he's like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm leaving. I'll, I'll be back. And They both want him to come back alive. And they know how dangerous this guy is. So in their own silly way, food reminds him of his promise to find the samurai that smells of sunflowers. And Jin goes, remember, I'm the one to slay you. He's like, what are you, my wife? (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I love that he responded in a way that he knows it's these terms of endearment. It's
0: not just them bugging him. That basically
3: he knows it's their way of encouraging
0: him. Mugen has a; it's in the next episode, which we could probably jump to, but um, where he kind of returns that uh, when when Jin's running away with the woman and he's being attacked, and then Mugen and Fu run in, and Mugen w- runs in and goes, "I got, I woke up for this," but like it's also saying, "I got your back" <laughs> in the weirdest way, Mugen yeah. way possible. Um, yep. Where, I, but I felt the same thing where it's almost this. There has a camaraderie has formed in this group, even though it's yep. very weird, very dysfunctional. <laughs> they would never admit it.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: but yeah, in that next episode, um, they there they're all trying to work odd jobs to get uh, money. Fu is working as a waitress again. Mugen is training beetles for battle. <laughs> Which, which was great i'm gonna be honest ties a rock to a beetle he's like train i trained last episode you train now you're not gonna get any food if you don't train yeah.
3: and i do love how quickly he runs over uh wins over food to this because she's just immediately like this is dumb what are you doing and then he wins she's like let's get more <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, but but this is gene's story which that he is working for a food preparation stand that serves
2: yeah they they told him that there would be blade work
0: and so he shows up to
2: cook eel apparently
0: <laughs> but uh on his way there he runs into a woman standing on a bridge and he's like hey don't commit suicide here the water's not deep <laughs> <laughs> which is terrible really bad in, co- in context but a very gene thing to say right <laughs> and she's like yeah. oh I might want to find a
3: different river
0: yeah. yeah, she's like, "Oh, I, I'm not. That's weird that you would think that." And so he goes to uh, the the stand, and the and the stand guy's like, "Hey, it's raining. There's not gonna be any business. I'll so just stand here and and m- wash the stand." Uh, and then the woman shows up. and She's like, "Hey, I would like an eel." And he uh, doesn't know what he's doing. So she shows him how to catch the eel, how to how to cook it, how to prepare it. And then customers start showing up when they smell the food, and they, the two of them end up working the stand all night. And he ends up finally cooking her an eel and burning the heck out of it and ruining the food. (laughs) Um, and then she leaves and she's like, Hey, this was a really good memory I'll have. He's like, what do you mean by that? She's like, tomorrow I start working at a brothel because my husband, uh, had debts. So the next day he goes and visits her, brings her the umbrella she had, um, used, brings it back to her. She's like, well, I, I, I never get to go outside anymore, so you can just keep it. Um, and then he comes back the next day. She's like, OK, you, you got to quit visiting me because I, I have a job now. Um, and actually, the the guards beat him up and he lets them. I mean, clearly, Gene could take out any one of these guys anytime he wants. He lets them beat up. This is Gene in love. If it's not coming through with my description. Um, and when he finds out Mugen went big, he's like, I need money for a woman. And I think it's really interesting that Mugen said yes. Very <laughs> says, weird. Yeah. I love that Mugen's like,
2: all right. I was kind of wondering. So here's some money.
0: <laughs> so yeah, he he starts using money to buy time with this woman, mostly just to talk to her. But the clear that they are, also doing other things. And he wants to take her away. Uh, we get a scene with her husband showing up, being like, "Hey, you got money? <laughs> like she's in a freaking brothel." He's like, "You you got money? He's got two teeth." Yeah, he's
2: like the most stereotypical evil husband I've right. ever seen written into any so, story. And like so apparently he was rich, but then he gambled it all yeah. away.
0: Right, he was so, a, like, a general
3: store manager.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: And so then yeah. he sold his wife. And it's like and now yep. he's back to go like, hey, because apparently they're still married.
2: Yeah. I'm surprised that the uh brothel owner isn't like, hey. GTFO, this is my property now. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we're going to take this to the extent that that's being presented, I would expect him to, you know, kick the husband right out the door.
0: Uh, Jean and her do run away, but they are spotted almost right away, so they have to fight their way through town. That's when Mugen and Fu show up. Uh, we did a scene of Fu... Who is showing signs of both jealousy and worry that Jean was not going to help finish the journey. Um, but yeah, they, they rushed to his aid. Uh, he's not running away with her, though. He's taking her to a refugee house for women, uh, which is across the river, sends her there. But she has to stay there for three years without leaving. That's um, the way it'll work.
2: So this was really cool because a lot of times in shows, maybe not in anime <laughs> a lot of times in shows especially if they're episodic things are added that are just throwaway, made up fantasy but this was real and i thought that was really neat it gave me something to read about and and go oh neat i don't know if it was in this exact spot but uh but yeah apparently it was very very difficult for japanese women of this era to divorce their husbands if they even if they needed to like some terrible circumstance like this so this was a real thing
0: that's actually really cool um yeah so gene sends her away and then slays every guard that came after him and the husband's like yo what about me dog <laughs> and, and his life is anyway episode 12 recap <laughs> episode you guys both Best love recap re- i think i've
3: ever seen yeah tell us uh, about yeah. it yeah mm it, so yeah it just it kind of goes through what we've just talked about as far as episodes and a lot of anime have recap episodes um and a lot of the times when i see it's a recap episode i just skip it um because you know it's content especially, i've seen
0: well, especially when you've been binging it like you know you've you've watched yeah. all yeah. this the past couple of days i'm good i'm, I'm fresh <laughs> but mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of recycled content in this they do it in such a fresh
3: way That I wish more anime today would learn these, uh, learn this concept, and so it's done in this way where they're like they start doubting the story of the Sunflower Samurai, and so they steal her journal and they start like reading through her diary, and so that that's how we get a lot
0: of. Interrupting. I know I'm sorry for interrupting. Is this great theme? Mugen pulls it out, flips the first page. Huh. What is it? I can't read
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was great, great. great
0: comedy joke. Okay. Sorry, but no, no, that was
3: great. But, um, I, I love that as we go through some of these older stories, we get more context of what happened. And like one of my favorite ones is that, uh, uh, with the priest, with the, uh, samurai killer student, mm. Um he's giving like each of them advice, right? And the, like and a bunch of that is sprinkled in throughout these stories of little extra pieces of context. And plus the jokes are great because like they will they'll, they'll hear her or they'll read her say something to the effect of, you know, they're they're useless or they're unreliable. <laughs> they're like, hey, that's stupid yeah. me. you know. <laughs> so, uh, it, it it was good.
2: Yeah. I loved the fact that uh, the majority of it was just reframing the events we'd already seen from the perspective of food and what's important to food. And oftentimes that is food. <laughs> and so they're like, is this, is this just like uh, uh, somebody traveling and talking about how the food from this area? I mean, there's, there's one where, okay, it's the episode where it's the, the Hollander guy that is pretending to be Japanese and is actually a general uh, of, um of trade. Right. And the only thing she really says is like, well, I got to eat this and I got to eat this and I got to eat this in Edo. And they were all really good. And that's about all. I don't remember anything else. Oh yeah. This guy said this. And it was like, oh, okay, this is, this is funny because so much of the character comes through in this that it's no longer just chopped up scenes from previous episodes. So yeah, if, if other anime did that where they would like completely, uh, frame it to be just from the perspective of, of a character and make it entertaining. So we get their version of it. Um, I think it, I think it would be way more, uh, palatable uh, because this was really good.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with everything you guys said. I was really happy. I don't have to write notes during a recap episode. So I (laughs) I didn't write anything down um, other than like a sentence or two, but I did also really enjoy, I laughed a lot at, at the reframing of the story, the little extra bonus scenes. Um, yeah, it was it was a very good, well done recap episode,
3: and I love when they get to the end of the
2: journal. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I knew you guys were reading this, you jerks. It's all a
0: lie. <laughs> I made it up.
2: <laughs> I made it all up."
0: <laughs> Mugen's reactions to the whole thing were my favorite, though, because she'd be like, "I met this samurai guy. I could who I thought would be the worst. Is she talking about me?" And then I found <laughs> out I was right. Oh, I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The next episode, another, uh, Mugen duel episode, uh, where the group reaches the ocean and then a girl who's there recognizes Mugen and then they're surrounded by pirates. And these are apparently, um, their leader is a guy that Mugen grew up with. The, this girl, this guy who are brother and sister and Mugen all grew up on an island for criminals. And and apparently even though they, they weren't found, criminals, the children are criminals.
3: So apparently they found this girl uh, that used to hang out with Mugen. They they found her in Fist of the North Star. <laughs> every <laughs> Does she look a lot Every like it? time every time I looked at the way she's like animated, the way her eyes move, the yeah. like and it's like that is a Fist of the North Star character in this
1: anime, mm-hmm. and it's
0: weird. It's weirding me out. I wonder if it's a reference or an Easter egg. Huh.
1: Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know, but
0: yeah, just does not look like all the other Japanese characters. <laughs> it's funny. Huh. Well, it's, it's interesting because they are darker skin characters, Mugen and both these characters.
1: But mm-hmm.
0: yeah, they would still be Japanese, but it, it's, it's it's implied that they are slightly different, right? From a different like region, they, yeah. right? Th- not only a different
3: region, but like maybe an
0: island off
3: of oh yeah yeah like it's like it's one of those really tiny islands (laughs)
2: off the end of japan japanese australia
0: (laughs) (laughs) basically yeah yeah (laughs) um this uh this pirate leader he's like hey mugen join me for this next job mugen's like no i gotta i'm protecting these guys like you protecting anyone that's so dumb um and so jin points out like the nearby village is empty and I'm pretty sure these pirates came and killed everyone, and then the people who are left are what became the pirates. Uh, so we should stay away from them. But this this boss guy confronts Mugen again. He's like, "Hey, let's have a horse driving off a cliff competition." Yeah, they play chicken. <laughs> you know, basically, chicken. Uh, and and it's whoever pulls back on the reins first loses. They both go off the cliff, but because Mugen grabs higher on the cliff than the other guy, he wins, uh, or he loses. So he tells Jin and Fu that he's going to do the job, and then he learns that the job is robbing a government transport ship full of gold, and that um, the this uh, Mukuro, uh, the the leader of the pirates, has a inside man on the ship. And then he goes out and he's staring at the stars and the sister comes. And she's like, and I missed you so much. Remember when you told me all the, this stuff about the stars looking down at us? And he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember any of that. She's like, well, I just, will you just take me away from this? He's like, no, I won't. He's
2: just the worst. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not that kind of guy, lady. <laughs> yeah. You got the wrong guy for the job. Uh, so yeah, he, he, he blows her off. And then the the night of the the robbery happens. It's raining. They don't have enough men, but they because it's raining and dark, they think they they have a good chance at this. Um, and oh, I love that the the pirate leader has a gun, but he holds it sideways like a gang member, <laughs> even though yeah. it's an ancient revolver. Makes <laughs> it all up, sure. Um, it ends up being a, a backstab though. the 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 pirate leader he's gonna kill all his crew and keep all the money for himself. Uh, including Mugen. Uh, The sister knew about it, and so, yeah, he he goes through that, he explodes the ship. Uh, The sister had gone to Jin and Fu and asked them to get for help, but they were only able to get to the shore. They see the boat blow up, and so Mugen is dead, and so uh, this Mukuro and his business partner, who, who was the guy from the ship, sail off to go hide the money. Then we get Mugen's soul flashback as he sinks to the ocean and refuses to die he's like literally in a yeah line of spirits and he's like i don't want to do this not i'm not ready for this so he just doesn't die and he magically gets his shoe back
3: and sword
2: yeah yeah his shoe and his sword sword both came off like the sword was in a, a wooden pan, plank, and his shoe—you see it come off and float away as he's sinking. But then, when he washes up on the beach, he's got his shoe and he gets his sword too. It's just that was weird. To be
0: considered, Mugen's like Wolverine—he regenerates his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a part of him. <laughs> they're biological. <laughs> they're part of his bones. They just come out. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, Mugen does wash on shore, and Fu ends up finding him and she's starting to nurse him back to health. Meanwhile, the sister gets Jean and they go and kill Mukuro to avenge Mugen. He's like, I was the one supposed to slay him, slays him, you know, kills this guy flat out. And while the guy's dying, he's like, we were tricked. And Jean's like, wait, the girl went in with the partner and they're not there anymore. They ran away together. It was all a double cross. They were in on it the whole time. Double, double cross. And also
3: we Mm -hmm. find out that. This isn't the first time Mugenro yeah, has backstabbed Mugen. In fact, it, yeah, it's the exact same story. And it's just like, yeah, yeah but
2: yeah, M- Mugen is just dumb. I kept, well, I guess for, it like... explains why Mugen's standing on the front of the boat when it happens this time. And he's like,
0: really?
1: Really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I kept waiting for an Ocean's Eleven twist where, like, Mugen's like, yeah, he's clearly going to double cross me. So I'm going to have a plan in place. But Nope. Mugen was just like, maybe this time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lightning won't strike, strike twice. <laughs> Mugen gets up and starts crawling across the beach, trying to find uh, Mukuro. And he, Jin finds him, and he's like, no, I already killed him. He's like, ah, that was mine. He's like, but it was all a double cross. It was actually Koza, and the business partner. So Mugen goes after them, finds them, kills the business partner in a flash, and the the sister is like, kill me because all she wanted was out, right? She just wanted out of this life. And he doesn't leaves her to her fate. The end. And we'll yep. never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll never talk about it again. We'll never be like, hey, Logan, did that bother you? To not murder that girl? No. <laughs> yeah.
2: The one that got away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that She's that gone- is. A- Oh God! No, oh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. we're at the end. Um, <laughs> this is a hard one to recap because there's not re- again, there's not really central stories. It's very similar to what happened with Space Dandy and Cowboy people. There wasn't a whole lot that mattered to the main characters, the main lore plot. Where I have to fill you guys in the audience so that you understand three episodes from now why this event is happening. Everything is very isolated, very episodic, like we said. Um, enjoyable to watch if that's what you're liking and i i liked it it just doesn't that's super entertaining to recap so so don't don't let the quick recap scare you away though i guess is what i really want to say is that you know that each episode is its own little journey i would recommend putting some space between them like let them sink in let them have some time in your brain yeah and then go on to the next one it was it was it was once a week on Adult Swim for me. And and that that was that was the best way to watch it, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the final thoughts. Uh Jason's choice, so he's going first. Um, like I said at the beginning, I have some nostalgia bias, so I'm gonna
3: kinda of try and put that to the side. Um I my instinct is just like to give it a, a a super high rating just because it's an older classic that got me into anime watching it again it's funny it's entertaining um it's got some really great moments the episodic nature of it actually suits it well I think um especially for this band of miscreants trying to make their way across ancient Japan um I had a lot of fun with it but it's not perfect so I'm definitely going to give it a four
0: you're definitely gonna give it a four. You're not gonna maybe give it a four. Correct. Okay. Check. Decision made. There's definitely. Jerry, de- de- about you? Definitely, definitely, de- definitely, definitely four. Definitely, definitely de- four. Definitely four. <laughs> oh, we are old, <laughs> old, old. old, old <laughs> could. Every old guy just started doing that with us <laughs> in the middle definitely. of listening to this episode. But every young person's like, "What the What the hell are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> They're crazy."
2: Um. So. Even with all the complaints I have, I'm still going to give it a four as well. It's I think it's objectively got a lot of really good qualities. Um, It's funny. The comedy lands really well. I enjoy the characters. Uh, It's it's got some really standout episodes uh, and, and moments like that one. I had forgotten. When we started recording, I'd forgotten that one where Jen is is cross-dressed and he like starts playing that thing. And the way he's looking them in the eye as he's playing it, like, go on, I dare you say something. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it it had a lot to it. Uh, in, in that regard. So yeah, I gotta say, um, even with my complaints about just my own personal taste, I still think this is a four. It, it, was, it was it's really good.
0: I'm going with a four as well. One thing I want to add in is the art style. It's so refreshing not to have just a basic anime art style that looks like every other anime. It was very unique. It doesn't even look exactly like Cowboy Bebop. It doesn't look exactly like uh, Space Dandy. It's somewhere in between with the amount of fluidity they let their faces and characters have. Um, it, It was just really unique looking. The fights are beautiful but quick so that you understand that they are deadly and these are not long-drawn-out, cool sword fights. These are slash-slash, someone's dead. Um, it, it was realistic in all the fun ways and then unrealistic by bringing, bringing in the hip-hop era. Again, hip-hop's not something I know a ton about historically-wise, so it was fun to kind of have that thoughts about it, but I did find myself pulled more into like the jazz or the cinema from the other series. So... Uh, a four for me, very enjoyable. I, the only thing I think is the episodic going at a faster pace, even across two weeks, um, diminishes it a little bit. I, th- I think it's my biggest takeaway. Mm-hmm. All right. That is it for Samurai Shampoo. Again, next episode is Serial Experiments Lane, and as of right now, guys, voting is open. Call 1-800-GIVE-US-MONEY. No, that's not, a, <laughs> not how American Idol works. It's wow. Not- <laughs> oh. at its finest. On our on our yes. website, theanimebakaclub.com is our voting page, and um, we're happy to have you vote. Just whatever has the most is what we're gonna watch. If it's one, that's what we watch. If it's <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, I I'm gonna. Are we allowed to vote? Can I vote? No. Right. I we can. Maybe we can.
2: Co- collectively break a tie?
0: I'd, I'd be okay with that. Okay. If there's a tie, <laughs> we get to break the tie. There, there's an, <laughs> an enemy on there I, wanna, I wanted to vote for. <laughs> That's what I want to talk about. I guess we'll just. To, you know, <laughs> I always pick the movie. I don't get these old anime. So, <laughs> okay,
2: I, Troy gets to break the tie then. <laughs> no, we'll not fine. collectively no, do it.
0: It's not. It's, <laughs> we'll do it collectively. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, if you have thoughts on Samurai Shampoo, uh, reach out to us on our Twitter account at Baka Podcast, our website where you can go vote, theanimebakaclub.com, <laughs> or wherever you found this uh, podcast, you can leave us a comment. However, we are no longer taking suggestions for anime. <laughs> <laughs> you have to vote now. That's over. Mm-hmm. You missed your chance. Sorry. Sorry. It's over. Go home. Let's say goodbye.
1: Wicka 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 and Shamrock
0: Thanks for listening. We'll see you, we'll see you next time. Wicka wicka sayonara. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the pain.